Welcome to The Curve, a series of discussions where we aim to disrupt and deconstruct the complexities of people transformations. My name is Brett Addis. And my name is Victoria Cole. And together we bring you thought-provoking, relevant, and actionable perspective to support you through your transformations from C-level to SME-level. Want to join the conversation? You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe to The Curve Podcast to stay in the know on new episodes. So, you have just launched a new program or a new HR technology system to support your workforce and the business. Congratulations. There were challenges with getting key stakeholders engaged and supportive of the changes that needed to happen to support the goals of the project. You overcame all resistance by executing a targeted communications and engagement plan. You poured your blood, sweat, and tears into the initiative, and you are finally starting to see the fruits of your labor. The dust starts to settle, the storms of change subside, and you begin to shift into a business-as-usual working mode. But now what? How do you continue to drive innovation momentum as the business changes and as workforce needs and expectations evolve? How do you ensure that the progress you've made, the programs that you've implemented, continue to thrive and continue to provide real value to the business? In this episode, we will discuss life after innovation, how to ensure you're getting the maximum value out of your innovation investments. Hi, Brett. Good morning and happy Halloween, upcoming Halloween. So what are you going to be for Halloween, Brett? I am going to be the scariest person you've ever seen in your life. I'm going to be myself. Oh, oh, I just got chills. I know. Um, so I thought maybe I'd start with just kind of a, a story. Um, not, not just, not, I don't want to start with story. But what I thought I'd start with is, from my experience, something that I see time and time again. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the implementation of new HR technology. But I'm sure that this could still apply whether we're talking about a new HR process or a new HR program. I think the results are are similar. Um, But in my experience, what I see is that oftentimes organizations, especially those that are moving to cloud technologies, right? They they invest all this time and effort in implementing this new technology. They go live. There's normally there's a party, people are happy, they're excited, you know, (laughs) they're dancing, they're- um, That's my go live dance. That's my go live dance. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a really, if you ask my wife, just on the set, that's the only move I have. So like, that's my go live dance for everything. All right. We got to get you on TikTok, Brett, and uh, we got to, we got to get you to learn some new dance moves. Yes, we do. So So they go live, right? Um, they start to get into a business as usual mode of working. Um, nine times out of 10 roles are shifting, um, as part of this, uh, transformation. And if they're truly successful, right. 
behaviors have changed as well. And, and they're able to measure this through adoption of, of the new tools and the new processes. Um, but then you fast forward a year down the road, two years down the road, and that initial investment isn't meeting the expectations of the organization. And HR, while they may have improved somewhat in terms of providing value to the business, they really haven't progressed as much as they had hoped. So my question is, you know, how does HR use innovation as a catalyst to serving up continuous value to the organization? You know, it's a, it's a great question. I think, um, as you alluded, you know, I you know, most often when we see customers do the celebration of their go live dance, that's that's about it, right? I mean, you know, they're going to consume, you know, ongoing releases. They're going to consume, you know, actually, I should say they're going to consume some ongoing releases. Releases, probably mostly the the universal ones, right? From from our perspective. Um, but from a true continuous innovation, there, there isn't much. Um, and I think a lot of this is because it never happened to begin with, to, to be honest. I, I think that, um, again, we, we, you know, we talked earlier about innovation is the, isn't just implementing technology, right? Transformation isn't just implementing technology. It's about you know, the, really looking at the people process, technology, value spectrums. And I and I and I I say this because I think often if you look at an organization who's truly gone through a full transformation where they've said, you know, who are we going to be when we grow up? How do we need to work differently? Who are we working with? And 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 what are the value that we're delivering those those individuals, those stakeholders? Um, you know, by default, they're they're changing along the way. And they're going to continue to evolve and progress in that change. In, in terms of their HR operating model, way beyond the go live, right? It, it's just a continuous evolution. It, so basically, the transformation itself is creating the momentum for continuous innovation. For those organizations who come in and say, we're just going to lift and shift, we're going to optimize here, we're going to optimize there, you know, for the most part, again, once they go live, it becomes a very static environment, not only with the technology, but with themselves. Right, because a lot. I think a lot of it is because of the 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 risk averseness of, of those organizations to want to. However, I would say that I think as as we as we look at the as we look at the whole premise behind moving to a cloud system, you know, it is around agility. It's around flexibility. It's around acceleration. It's around you know, um, accountability. It's about all of these things, right? All, all of these words. And, and I do think there's an opportunity where for organizations who aren't as bold and, and willing to take risks that the technology can be a catalyst for this continuous innovation for two reasons. One is you're going to change the way you work regardless, right? The question is, is do you realize it before or do you realize it after, right? And, and hopefully you realize it before, right? Which kind of gets me to that earlier point around you starting to evolve and progress. If you wait and realize till it's after, the technology is going to force you to change in a way that may be positive and may be negative, to be honest. Um, I mean, if you think about uh, looking at the way the systems 
run today, the level of automation, the machine learning, a lot of the, the, the AI, right? A lot of the, um, the um, RPAs and all of these other things, right? You know, it, it's removing a lot of redundancy, duplication, and manual tr transactions. So take an organization who has a very large HR shared services center who does nothing but focus on transactions, you know, a bulk of that work goes away, right? So the question is, is do you just keep them sitting there, right? And do they just say, we're going to ignore the benefits of the technology and we're just going to keep paying these people to do the transactions? Or are we going to look at how we shift those people to do something different? Maybe it's more quality assurance. Maybe it's more enabling them to do different things or in, in the HR organization. Maybe it's, you know, developing new skills and capabilities, you know, to, to better manage the, 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 the technological platforms, right? Maybe it's becoming a more strategic partner to the business. So I, I think, you know, you've got that, you've got that as a catalyst to continue to drive that. I think the other catalyst that people don't think about is when we get to the continuous innovation of the system. You know, so I mentioned releases, right? And so every cloud organization is going to have what they call their forced releases, which is a, everybody's getting this because it's a change in code. And then there's these optional releases, which are, hey, these are, these are new benefits, right? Feature functions that you can take and consume. You know, if people really start looking at the consumption of the, the benefits of the releases, again, by default, you're changing the way that you work. It's going to be a change in your process, a change in, you know, and, and sometimes people's skills, a change in how you interact and all this experience, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think technology can be a very big catalyst to drive the innovation. Um, but like we've been saying all along, innovation isn't just an activity, it's a mindset. Right. I have to feel I have to feel com comfortable, compelled, motivated to innovate. And my organization has to be one in which I am able to innovate. And innovation is something that's acceptable so that we can go and experiment and things. How do we ensure that HR in general is really aligned in terms of the technology and the programs and processes that they have in place? And I'll give you an example. So we had an, an, an organization that we were working with earlier this year. Who's we? You and I, Brett. Oh, oh, okay. You say we. I mean, you know, it, it could be a broad group of people. I just wanted to make sure. You and I, that's because you and I were working with earlier this year. They went live with a, a lot of HR technology a few years ago. And today they're really struggling to align that technology to the continuous changes of their HR programs and processes to the point where there's such a huge disconnect between the two that it's really stifling HR's ability to really be innovative, right? Mm -hmm. Because the technology is not supporting the outcomes that they're looking for. So I think in terms of being able to provide that continuous innovation, it's also being able to not just establish those relationships across the various functions of the organization, but to really be able to foster them, right? And, and continue to develop them past the initial go live, right? 
Well, you know, you know, we 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 use this term all a lot, a lot, you know, which is transformation as a team sport. And I know we're going to dive into that um, in another episode, so stay tuned. Um, but but it's it, it is a real term, right? And I, I think the, the the reality is is that for for most organizations, they transform in silos, and those silos result in siloed results, right? And those silos results very often are meaningful to that silo, but not meaningful to anybody else. And therefore it was just, you know, great. Congratulations. You, you know, you went live, you know, and I, I think the example that you mentioned, if you don't transform holistically and you transform in parts, you're really not transforming, nor are you innovating right? You're just, most instances, you're adding complexities to the way that you work with a hope that things could stick together, which in this case, they clearly didn't stick together, which then by default means something has to change. So do they go and redo their processes to align with the technology or do they redo their technology to realign with their processes, right? Either way, they're in a very poor predicament and costly predicament. I met with a CHRO yesterday and it was a, and it's an extremely um, passionate individual and was, was very, I don't want to use the word risk averse to going through their, their organizational transformation, very excited individual, but a, um I would say a bit risk averse because, you know, like any of these, right. When there's a lot of, funds on the line and people on the line, right? There, there is a, you know, a chance of backlash. And anyways, long story short. So they went live recently. And um, when in my, and when I was meeting with him yesterday and we've been, I've been meeting with him throughout. And one of the things, you know, that they've been doing is um, they have been doing aligning with other groups, right? Number one. So the transformation was a team sport. The second thing they mentioned, which I thought was really interesting yesterday, was that when they went live, they did zero end user training. Zero. They didn't do one quick reference guide. Right. In fact, there was the way that they designed the solution. And again, this this is how, right? This is the power of the team sport, right? It's everybody knows what's what's coming. Everybody understands the changes that are happening. Everyone understands the expectations that are being put on them, right? Through communication and all of these other things. Um, to the fact that last week um, they had an uh, executive steering committee and the CHRO announced in the executive steering committee that, hey, I'm going to be sending you all the executive CEO, CFO, CIO, your username and password, right? But by the way, or your access link, because they have a single sign-on. Um, but by the way, you, you, there is no training, right? And he said, what was the most meaningful part about this whole journey, he said, is throughout the day on Thursday, the CEO, the CFO, the CIO, they stopped by my office periodically and said, this is the coolest thing I have seen to manage our people. And he said, you know how much training we gave them? None. 
I say this because as you think about, we have this top down and this bottom up perspective, right? So there was sponsorship from the organization, but they didn't really know what was coming, right? I mean, they had an idea, but the groundswell of this individual to take risks, to push this and do things a different way. And in the meantime, they changed their processes. They changed their support, their, their shared services model, their right, support structure, their people skills, right? Full transformation is that it works, right? And, and it, in fact, it works so much that he was saying that they were meeting with their, their value management team. If he's listening to this, he knows who it is now. Actually, he probably knew who it was before. And he said, we actually had to pull back the value that HR has, has completed to date because we've so far exceeded our numbers that we've made all the other groups look bad. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> right. But but see, but this is the power, right, of full transformation. Now, you so I'm gonna ask you this question. Do you think they're not gonna continually innovate based on those results that you just got? They just set a precedent. Yeah, I was thinking about um, yeah, as you're going through that success story, I was thinking about the skill set and mindset that it takes to be that bold, right? Yeah. The first that the first thing I was thinking is I just I could I can probably list at the top of my head HR leaders within 10 organizations that I know that would hear that and say, well, that would never work. That would never work for my organization because of my past experiences. Well, and, and here's here's the crutch and probably for, for that for those two people that are listening to this, they're asking the question, oh, he must have done this before. This is their first time they, they moved from an on-prem system wow. to a cloud system. Very, the, the team that's been in place, some of them had dripplings of cloud involvement in the past. This was their first cloud implementation. Wow. So zero experience, zero. And we're not talking about a small company. This is a large global organization. Can we just take a moment to just revel in their? <laughs> I mean, but but you know, but these stories exist, right? And and the reality is, is you know, it, listen, transformation is hard, and I'm and, and they will be the first ones to tell you this was not an easy road for them, right? But but if you if you get back to the whole aspiration versus commitment, right? We all all HR leaders have an aspiration to end to have this same result. The reality is, is that most of them don't have the commitment to make it happen, right? This individual, large HR organization, hands-on every steering committee, met with us every other week, fully committed, fully dedicated, you know, and, and, and this isn't something you can just push down, right? This is something you have to own and be accountable for driving because when your team sees you involved, then they want to be involved. And when the team sees you being passionate, then they're going to be passionate, you know, and, and, the, you know, and, instead of saying, Hey, I'm going to sign this piece of paper. Congratulations. You just purchased this solution here. Um, director of it or director of HRS, you go lead the, it's not, that's not, that's not commitment. That's uh, riding on the, uh, the heels of others and hope that there's success. And if it's not, then I have a, sca a scapegoat, right? And I hate to say that, but, you know, it, it's reality. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I you know what, it, when it comes to, to going back to the point here, right. Although these are fantastic stories, I have to say, um, well, they're good stories. They people are good like, stories. People like stories. And it's it's close to Halloween. And oh, you know yes. what? We're telling happy oh, stories. Oh, yes. Let's tell some ghost stories. Yes. Be good. Oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you a good ghost story about this one customer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it really comes down to the, I mean, you're, you're, you're spot on. Listen, there, there has to be motivation and momentum to continue innovation. And, and, and let's go back to the scenario that you mentioned earlier, right? We had... We had a, an organization with a technology and processes of people that don't align. You know what their, your, their first reaction is, is when we come in and say, why haven't you consumed new features or what, what, you know, why haven't you done this? The first response is because we have to fix what's broken. It's not working the way it is. And how, so how, why should we innovate moving forward, right? And in some instances, I say, yes, you know what? You have to have the right foundation right, in place to innovate, because innovating without a foundation can actually continue to break that foundation. But there are certain pockets of innovation, right, that you can take advantage of. And it's about moving forward, regardless of the struggles that you face in the rear, versus just waiting and hoping those things get fixed that frankly, unless you have the commitment to do it, isn't going to get fixed, we're just going to continue to point fingers and, and blame. You know, and, and I think this is this is why when we talk to customers, whether they're on-prem, whether they're cloud, whether they're thinking about this, th that's a lar large part of their overall risk, which is I'm almost I'm almost afraid to set an expectation of success because then every year I have to live up to that or exceed that. And and what's funny about that is that cloud solutions do that for you. You don't have to come up with anything new. We're coming up with it for you, right? We're rolling out new features. We're rolling out new functions. Listen, and some may be compelling and some may not, but but there is innovation coming, you know? Um, so I don't know. I, it, it's, you know, it, it, but but you know as well as I do, right? Uh, so, so many companies just sit in a static, stale, sw I call it swampy state that just you sit there and just fester. You know, and you're like, I want to get out of this dark, dreary, wet hole of a swamp. But, you know, I, I'm just I just feel like I'm stuck in the mud. And it, it, frankly, they were stuck before they started. Hey, by the way, you know, what we didn't do. We did not do it before we started. And I and I feel a little bit uh, bad for that. We did not introduce Christina. Christina is our is our producer and our and our social coach and our marketing guru and she just started to help help us drive the message and the awareness of the curve and um christina i know you're probably on mute but i just want to say welcome and and all of our three listeners because we just got one um, are excited to have you because now they can actually um, see what's happening through some of these social pushes. That you're, and if you guys didn't notice, we have a new logo that Christina created and some, some snippets of things that are coming out. So 
we're really excited to have Christina on the show. It means you know what this means, don't you? By having a formal producer. What's that? We're, we're big time. We've hit the big leagues. Big time. Welcome, Christina. We are Thank very, you. very excited. Oh, there she is. Yes, excited to be on the podcast as well. <laughs> Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just throw this out. I just, I, you know, there's nothing I really want to talk about. It's just, it's, you know, HR still, you know, a, a lot of organizations, right. You look on LinkedIn and, you know, you see all these like stories of how HR is like, you know, becoming, you know, strategic business partners and they're, they're doing this success and they're doing that success. But I think holistically HR still has a very bad, very mm-hmm. bad reputation. So I was talking with um, a friend of mine who works here. It's this huge hospital organization. And um, they, the HR is rolling out a new program around mental um, mental health with COVID and they're just losing a lot of employees, you know, and so they're rolling out this, this new program. They're requiring all employees to take this training around mental health. And he said, and, and so my friend was saying, you know what they're making me do for four hours? They're making me color. And create like these, like using newspapers, build like this bridge of newspapers. Like that's, that's their idea of mental health. Well, is it? Yeah. So I just, I, I think about that, right. Versus what we typically talk to customers around and it's just. Are you saying we should tell them to build bridges with newspapers? And I think they're being, that's their idea of like being innovative, right? They're rolling out this new training program to target mental health because it's such a big thing that, you know, they're, they're, they have heard from their employees. I'm sure they've heard from their employees that this is an area that they need to improve on. And so their response to that is we're going to, you know, allow them four hours to color, share their feelings and do some creative, you know, building of things. It's just, I think we need to be more, I think we need to be more motivational on these podcasts and not so depressing. And that's just are we depressing? <laughs> Why are we depressing? Because it's like, you know, everything that you know you talked about around HR serving up value to the organization and showing, you know, uh, you know, their value and then you think of this particular example and it's like they're totally missing the mark, completely missing the mark. But they are. Uh, yes, I didn't want to go down that. I, I didn't want to tell I mean, you. Why, why blow smoke of, up something that shouldn't be blown? So you're saying we need to be more candid in these podcasts? Absolutely. I mean, what, you know, people, people are listening to this because they want to hear a point of view. And the point mm-hmm. of view, the reality is the point of view isn't all, you know, roses and dandelions. It's, it, it's, it's a harsh reality that you know, there are a lot of good HR organizations. That's why I told that one story, right? There's a lot of really good HR organizations out there. But, but you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I think you, you've got, it, it's almost like it's, it's a candid observation with a solution. And that's what we're doing. We, we need to do a better job at measuring our value. And this is what we see as a good way of doing Right. That's basically what we did in that scenario, right? Without basically saying, let me pull up a template for you and walk you through the value management, Pete, right? So it's, and, and I think, you know, we've, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it is what it is. I mean, if you want to come in and say, listen, HR, 
Woo! <laughs> You're the greatest. I love you guys. You rock. HR stands for heartbeat of reality, baby. <laughs> I just feel like we have more bad stories and good stories. I told a great story. I know that was a great story. That was a great story. But it's like those 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 success stories are like in a small tiny pile versus the mountains of like failed stories that we could But that's why 70% of transformations fail. I mean, there's more bad stories than there are good stories. And I mean, I think our goal here isn't to blow smoke up people's rear to make sure that they think the transformation, oh, I can go do this and I'll just do it myself and I don't need anybody else. And, you know, I mean, if we, if we, you know, you don't want, you don't want to set people up for failure, you know, and I hate to say it, but like risk scares people. Risk is what changes people's influence. It would influences their mindset. Because if you come in and you're all hoop and ha and, you know, you guys are awesome and you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, right? The first time they hit a roadblock, they're done. That Brad, he was an asshole. He didn't know what he's talking about. He's a jerk. He should have told me I sucked and that it was hard and that I needed to think about these things. I don't need a cheerleader. All right. All right. On that note, we will end. Thank you, Brett. And thanks so much to our listeners. Please send us your thoughts, comments, feedback, and insights regarding this episode of The Curve. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay safe and keep your transformation momentum going.